0: In depth conversations, matchup breakdowns, analysts on every game,
1: everything a Steelers fan could want.
0: This is fourth down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlow. It's Black Friday, baby! Steelers Colts on Monday which means we've got a full weekend of being able to watch the NFL just after we had all of yesterday being able to watch the NFL. I dig it. I love when the Steelers play on Monday night. To me, it's the best time to play. <coughs> Think sneeze. Try to get to the tissue and turn the button off in time. It did not happen. But you get to watch all the other NFL games, and let's face it, the Steelers stink. So, eh, no stress for a weekend. A man who brings us much stress, Matt Canada. He spoke yesterday, and guess who was there? Our very own from '93 Seven, the fan, our sports director, Jeff Hathorn. Let's hear what Matt Canada had to say. and We'll break it down for you right here. Matt, what's uh, changed in the running game that's made Najee so effective last
1: Well, a combination of everything. I think we're running. You know, I think we're obviously continuing to. We talked about it back in the summer camp, the NHL, and they work together. They're doing a very good job. The tight ends are doing a good job. And I think Najee is, you know, back to full strength. He'd probably tell you that. I think you see a difference in his approach as he attacks the line. And-
0: okay, so Matt Canada talking there about the running game and talking about Najee Harris being healthy. It's something that Najee Harris did not bring up. When he was struggling, he would not use the health as an excuse. The last two games, we've seen the best out of Najee Harris. You wonder if the injury was the main cause. Now, I had long said Najee Harris had a steel plate in his shoe, not a steel plate in his brain. And so hitting the hole, picking the wrong hole, didn't make much sense to me. But you do wonder if the injury was a big reason for his struggles. And I was on the Najee Harris as a bus train. I never wanted the Steelers to draft Najee Harris in the first place. I am generally anti-running back in the first round, so perhaps there was some confirmation bias there. But he's played better the last two games after the bye week. That can't be an accident. Now, I do think Doug Whaley pointed this out. Brad Spielberger pointed this out. The Steelers did some things from a schematic standpoint to help Najee Harris create some one-cut runs for him, allow him to play to his strengths, and we've seen that now over the last couple of games. And that's so important for the development of Kenny Pickett. You needed to get your other first-round player, in Najee Harris, going in the right direction in order to help Kenny not have to drop back and throw the ball 44 times in a game like he did against Philadelphia. Not have to drop back and throw it 52 times like he did against Buffalo. You want the best out of Kenny Pickett, give him a running game. And maybe, just maybe, the health of Najee Harris was holding this running game back the whole time. More Matt Canada.
1: But it's been a, you know, moving, moving the direction we wanted to move the last couple of weeks. How's that
0: open up the rest of the offense for you? Well, I like
1: obviously you just continue to do that, and the people cons- are concerned about stopping. Right? It's going to give you more of those one high looks you're hunting for, and you know, more opportunities for one-on-one on the outside, which obviously we're trying to get. Bengals linebacker, said that you're calling it predictable or that you run the same plays over and over. What are your thoughts? On that? I think it's good, good, good for you guys to be able to talk about it. Obviously, we know we've got good self scouting. I think Coach Tomlin addressed it. So my answer wouldn't wouldn't continue
0: the narrative you're hunting. Obviously, i you know there's a backstory to that. But I'll leave it there. Now, wait one second here. Wait one second here. There's a backstory there. Now, Jermaine Pratt at NC State had been coordinated by Matt Canada. So, I don't know what the backstory is. I don't know they don't like each other. I don't know Jermaine Pratt from Adam, okay? So, I'm sure some Steelers journalists, some Steelers reporters are going to dig into this and going to figure out the story there, if there is one, as Matt Canada alleges. But let's not say, well, there's a narrative out there, and I'm sure you guys love it. Well, we had heard the same thing from Dan Orlovsky, that they were running similar plays. Doug Whaley said whenever he was on with us on Wednesday that a lot of teams do that, but they just dress it up better than the Steelers do. I know West Virginia maybe a bad example, but this is the example that I have. They don't run very many plays. But the whole air raid scheme, you're trying to run a lot of similar stuff from different looks. So that all checks out. Dan Orlovsky says they're predictable. Other people have said the Steelers are predictable. I think it's more of a game flow thing than anything from Matt Canada. You can kind of predict what he's going to do, certain down and distances. But let's not call it a quote-unquote narrative. When the opposition says that you're predictable and that you know what plays are coming, of course the media has to follow that story. It's a huge story. It was said about Randy Featner by the Washington football team at the time and the Baltimore Ravens back in that COVID year. Steelers started 11-0. They beat Baltimore on that Wednesday at 520, which is the weirdest kickoff time in NFL history. And the Ravens said, yeah, they were predictable, and the Steelers barely squeaked by a team that had nobody due to COVID. Then the Steelers go out and they lose to Chase Young, who had a great game, and the Washington Commanders. And both teams said, yeah, the Steelers are super easy to prepare for. We know... What Randy Feinr's cooking up, and that's not a narrative that's the opposition saying it. So of course you have to follow it more, Matt Canada.
1: Hard to not get to explain your side, because obviously I can't say what we have done, but how difficult I've got it. I, I've said it, and I mean it. I got the greatest job in the world, and part of that job is the privilege of standing here. And, you know it is what it is like we can I can go we can do it right now I can go through the second half play by play if you want Tell you exactly what happened but I'm never going to put it you know on our players or anything else if it doesn't work it's on me and that's part of it now, your plays have built-in options they do so how is that predictable when you have say four options? you're putting me in a spot where I can't answer that question you know I mean I, I I appreciate your question obviously it was brought to my attention it was said I've known Pratt since he was in high school You know, again, there's, as you guys do, all your investigating under there, sometimes there's more to stories and fun than, but it is what it is. It's a good,
0: good thing. We didn't win the game. We were not good enough. Okay, I'm just going to stop him right there. I actually feel bad for Matt Canada right here. I do. I'm a human being. I feel bad for human beings. And you know, I've crushed Matt Canada on this show over and over and over and over again. But Matt, Jim Wexel's trying to help you out there, man. He's giving you the floor. He's giving you the opportunity to say, hey, man, my offense is not predictable. And Matt even says, I could go through it here. I just choose not to. I know he doesn't like meeting with the media. And I know he has to feel like he's the big scapegoat by people like me who get behind a microphone and our guys on the morning show and the midday show. In the afternoon show, and whoever's doing the evening show. He has become the lightning rod. And so he has to think every time he gets up there to talk to the media that they're out to get him. But in this instance, Jim Wexel is absolutely giving him out. He's giving him the opportunity to take secret door number three, which is, hey, Matt, tell us a little bit about your offense. We all talk about your offense. We all try to break down your offense. Why don't you tell us, how your offense isn't predictable, built-in options, things of that nature, then Matt Canada wouldn't do it. Now, if he doesn't want to do it, he doesn't want to do it. I suppose I understand, but you have an opportunity here to get out, and he doesn't take it. And what's that line from Ted Lasso, be curious, not judgmental? You want to think about what other people are going through? Matt's been beat down by the media so many times over and over and over again. I don't think he trusts Jim there. And I think Wexel's a really good reporter. He doesn't trust him there. He's not taking the out. Help yourself, Canada. In the second half, we
1: called a screen on the first play. Of the second half had two guys out there. didn't work. Called a run on second down. Didn't work. Third down, somehow their corners, miraculously he got his arm around uh, Deontay's hand warmer there. We were trying to get the ball to him, so it didn't work. Uh, next series there, I think we ran the ball into a two-shell look. That's what we wanted to do. Had a good run. Called a screen into a blitz, which I'm sure you know is what you'd like to do didn't work third down you know so I'm like I could do it the
0: whole way through but it is what it is we, we we did okay so he does take the out there a little bit but then he sort of puts the execution on the players and you know what there is truth in that like I kill Matt Canada all the time all the time it's almost lazy that we kill Matt Canada all the time but there is execution there's an element there and you know how I feel about the Steelers skill position players good not great and overrated and they're overrated, and good, not great, because there is some inconsistency there with those guys. So that plays into it, too, in that second half. No doubt about that.
1: Did not produced. If you look at the game, we had a third down in the first half, right? Threwing the ball to Nazi. They went to cover zero. Had a play on Nazi in the defensive end. It didn't, it didn't work out. That's four points we got to get. Got to get that. And then we get to turn over to TJ got. We get down there, have a ball down there, have some guys. That, you know, play doesn't execute the way we want it to. Second down, a decent run. Third down, we don't get it. That's that's, four, that's eight points. Then we call the flea flicker in the second half there, and we just don't quite get it, you know,
0: and then we have a couple penalties. So there. All right, well, there's the thing. There's the thing. He's blaming the execution on that flea flicker. Now, Doran said, we talked about this, there were guys open on that play, or a guy open on that play. I still haven't gone back and seen, like, the all 22 or anything like that. So there's an execution element, no question. But you run a hurry up, into a flea flicker. That's also on the coaching staff. It's a feel thing, and that's one of the things we've been critical about Canada of not having a feel.
1: There's all those things that you can add up and go through. That is what it is. We didn't. We didn't score enough points to win the game. And that's just the way it is.
0: Matt, you mentioned Deontay there. You know, Kenny said that he was often, you know, double, just really tough to get him the ball. Metrics say he's actually one of the most open receivers. I mean, what can you do to get him more involved? Yeah, we talked
1: about that last week. I know you guys brought that up um, about, you know, being most open. And I don't know anything about that. That's, that's, you know, analytics and those things. But obviously he's a guy we want to get the ball to. We had some chances There's some times, you know, it just is what it is. We, he's important to our offense. Obviously, we scored 20 points in the first half, and and that was really positive. Yes, a really good, you know, we had four out of five drives we scored on. The first drive was not, not executed correctly. Then we had four drives in a row we scored on. So there's a lot to be happy about with that, It's you know, two-minute drive. But then it come out in the second half, and we didn't get that going, so.
0: Okay, are the Steelers moving in the right direction offensively? We heard there, four out of five possessions in the first half they scored. They put up 20 points. Is that enough for you to think that there's some positive momentum for the Steelers' offense, even despite how the second half went? We'll get to that coming up next. Plus, we'll hear from Deontay Johnson. Jeff Hathor was down at the Steelers' facility yesterday. So, why wouldn't we use what he gives us? He worked on Thanksgiving. I'm working on Black Friday. We're a team.